be streaming live soon. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live morning. I'm Jason Goins here with Rick Bonfam Ministries. Uh, thanks for watching this morning. Um, we're continuing today in the book of James. Um, we haven't made it far in, so if you're just starting watching this series, um, we're only a few days into it. Uh, actually, I'm going to start with in, in chapter 1, uh, verses 9 through 11. But I, I want to just recap a little bit, give you a little review, and, and tell you uh, a little bit about James and make sure you know we're all on the same page starting out. Um, so James, this letter is, is from James, who's the brother of Jesus. Um, and he specifically writes this letter um, to the Hebrew people that are becoming believers all throughout the Roman Empire. Right. Um, <clears throat> and this part of the letter we're in is is still an introduction, uh, a few paragraphs of uh, outlining what James is going to talk about. So he, some of the themes we're going to talk about today, he's going to talk about as we go on further into the letter. So I'm I'm hoping not to uh, give too many spoilers to you, but this is the introduction. You see, James is the brother of Jesus. So, in that note, on that note, you know he's been around Jesus a bit. Um, it's not known that he was following him as a disciple, but uh, we see Jesus talking to his brothers and sisters and his mother a couple of times in the scriptures. <clears throat> so he has some good insight onto some of these things that he's about to talk to, and he's been a Jewish follower for most of, for all of his life. So he has good credentials to speak to the Jewish believers around the kingdom. So here's what he has to say. Today he want, he's talking, we're talking about riches. <clears throat> says this in James chapter 1, verse 9. Let the bro- brother of low decree rejoice in that he is exalted, but the rich in that he is made low. Because as the flower of the grass, he shall pass away. For the sun is no sooner risen with a burning heat, but it withers the grass and the flower thereof falls. And the grace of the fashion of it perishes it. So also shall the rich man fade away in his ways. So, as I just said, James, being Jesus' brother, had to know a little bit of his thoughts, right? Had to know just just a little bit about what Jesus thought about the ideas of being rich and poor as it pertained to the kingdom of heaven. 
even if he wasn't following him as a disciple, they grew up together. They knew each other. You know, Jesus came home and visited, and they would talk, and he would hear Jesus. <clears throat> and at some points, as you go through the Gospels, right, Jesus speaks this way, right? Jesus speaks the way that James is speaking right here. You see, at, at one point, James was against Jesus for speaking the way that James is speaking right here in these chapters, right? Jesus is talking about Pharisees and and rebuking some negative habits and negative things that, that people are doing. And, and James is said to come and try to interrupt that conversation. And Jesus says, oh, my mother and brothers and sisters are those who follow the will of God and to hear my commandments, right? So James probably learned a bit of a lesson in, in that story. <clears throat> so we have to remember in this introduction that we can't untie all of these things from what James has already been saying, right? We can't, we can't just take this out and not have it relate to anything else that's going on. Now James is making a bunch of different points here and kind of outlining what he's going to talk about, but they're all tied together in some way, shape, or form. Right? <clears throat> because riches can put us in a place of temptation. Riches can interfere with our interaction with community. And James has already discussed this, right? Talking about diverse temptations, about um, issues in the community about how um, we need wisdom and humility. And he begins to talk about them. So let's look at um, how James is echoing the Gospels here. Uh, I could go fur further forward in James and talk about how what he talks about later, but I think it's important to see how James is echoing the Gospel today. And... The story, one of the stories I'd like to look at here is um, in Matthew 19, 16 through 25. Here's what Jesus says in this. <clears throat> Now this is about the rich young ruler, and, this, and Jesus says this, And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, Why do you call me good? There is none good but one that is, that is God. But if you will enter into life, keep the commandments. He said unto him, Which? Jesus said, You shall not commit murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said unto him, All these things have I kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? Jesus said unto him, If you will be perfect, go and sell <clears throat> all that you have 
and give to the poor, and you shall have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. So, this story gives us a picture of of a struggle, right? Actually, it goes on to say that Jesus gives a warning to the rich. He says, Then Jesus said unto his disciples, Verily I say unto you that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. And again, I say unto you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. When his disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed saying, Who then can be saved? But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. So James and Jesus here are speaking to us as a church in America in our time. In our day, James is reiterating some things that Jesus said. And if we read right here, Jesus' disciples said, how can anybody get into the kingdom if a rich man can't get in? Which means they had a little bit of wealth of their own. right? They had, a, they had a relative wealth in their time. So who's going to get in? How are we going to do this? We live in a nation that's blessed. Well, here's some things we get. I'm going to list off some things that we need to to be careful of, right? And then maybe give us an idea here of uh, the things that we should be looking to do in our lives. So the rich young ruler points out a a few things that James will be warning the people of throughout the rest of his book. And Jesus kind of points them out. This story kind of points them out, right? You see, the rich young ruler came to Jesus and Jesus said, well, if you want to be part of the kingdom, you have to You're going to have to give up your your things. And also, you're going to need to follow uh, these commandments, right? But the ruler comes to Jesus and says, Well, I followed all these commandments. That's no problem for me. I have plenty of riches, right? So, this means that the rich rich people, and let, let me make it, doubly clear, right? As Americans, most of us watching this online as Americans, relatively compared to a lot of other people, we're people of riches. I don't consider myself a rich person in American standards, but in worldly standards, I'm doing pretty good. Right? But riches can insulate us from those trials that James was talking about in the first part of the chapter, right, when you fall into these diverse trials, 
and temptations and issues that grow your faith? Well, material riches can kind of get us out of some of that, right? We can we can hire somebody to do a little bit of our dirty work for us. Um, we can sit in comfort and not be agitated with a lot of those things, right? Well, wealth can bring stability and a false sense of peace, <clears throat> and it can can be really helpful to some people in uh, in not worrying about sinning against others. You know, not being jealous, not needing to steal, not needing to find your next meal. So those diverse temptations that crush and push in and, and mold us in our faith, well, they can be dampened a little bit by riches or you can just kind of buy your way into ignoring them. And and that's kind of the implication here, right? Um, <clears throat> another thing that Jesus touches on here, right? Another thing that can happen here is that riches may actually be a source of more te- more temptation for yourself or others, right? That's the end of the story where the, the rich young ruler gets all the way through this, has this conversation with Jesus, and Jesus says, well, okay, then go get rid of all of your riches, give them to the poor, and uh, come follow me. Right? But his riches in this situation are actually a, a point of temptation for him. Right? They're the reason for him to give up. He goes off, it says right here, Jesus says, give all your stuff away and give it to the poor and come and follow me. So you're not tied down to all those things. Right? And the rich young ruler just hangs his head, turns around and walks away. And it says it's because of his great possessions or his great wealth. This young man could not follow Jesus because there was just too much to lose. At least in his mind there was too much to lose. The, the great trials came from his money. And as we'll see later in the book of James, your money can not only be a temptation to you, but it can be a temptation to other people. As we read on into chapter 2, we're going to see a little a little idea of this, a little touch of that idea that that our riches, that our status in the world can become a point of temptation for other people. So in a certain way, the rich young ruler stands kind of like the book of Job. And again, we'll, we'll hear a little bit about the, the patience of Job but um, what, what do I mean by that? Well, you see, the riches of the world bring, can bring you a lot of temptations in this way, right? In the book of Job, in the, right out the beginning of the book of Job, in the first chapter, 
Satan comes to God and he he reveals that he has seen Job. Right? He says, I've been wandering the earth, and the Lord asked him about Job, and he comes back with, Well, Job's got a lot of riches. It's easy for him to praise you every day. It's easy for him to exalt your name. It's easy for him when he's protected and nothing that he has, he'll lose. He has the idea that because he's with you, he's blessed. So if you took away his stuff, well, he's just going to fall away. His his faith is based on material possessions. Now that's a temptation that we can fall into and a lot of people fall into in our country. Oh, this person has huge material possessions. So they must be completely blessed by God. <clears throat> but Satan saw this as a weak point for Job, right? He said, if I take all of his stuff, he's going to curse you, God. He's going to curse you right in front of your face. So, that's a that's a powerful thing to say that the devil sees a rich man and looks at all of the things that he has and says, well, there's an easy opening. I'll just come after his riches. I'll just come after his livelihood. I'll just come after um, his his ability to, to care for his family. <clears throat> so the devil sees an open door of temptation whenever he sees a, a rich person. And Job's friends were also tempted, right? Job's friends were equally rich as Job was, but they were tempted to say, well, Job, because you lost all your stuff, well, you must have done something wrong. You know, you're falling apart, right? And they they began to say some things that the Lord ended up correcting them and rebuking them on. And Job's wife even was tempted to tell him, Okay, go ahead and curse God so he can kill you. Right? This is the this is the loss in the heart of that rich young ruler in the temptation of the rich man that James is talking about, right? Because what he's really saying here is look, you you have a lot of riches they're important to you now, but they're going to burn up. This is this is from James, right? <clears throat> Next, we can see that riches uh, it's hard to maintain riches. Once you have them, they become consuming. They draw you in. Right? It says in in Matthew 19.22, But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Right? He had a lot of things to take care of. He had a lot of things to distract him from the work of the kingdom. And James says, and I'm going to read this out of the ESV, 
right? This is what he says going back. So we're remembering, right? We're in James. He says, He will pass away, for the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the grass. Its flowers falls and its beauty perishes. So also will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuits. What does that mean? In the midst of his pursuits. That's a there's a big deal right there. In the midst of his pursuits. That means that one of the big temptations of a wealthy person is maintaining it. At all costs. When Jesus says you can't serve both God and mammon, this is what he's talking about. This is what James is picking up on. That you can't serve both God and your riches. So you have to be humbled in your place. You have to be careful that keeping your riches, that keeping a certain lifestyle, that keeping in a certain way doesn't distract from the work that God has has put you here to do in His kingdom. Right? Perishing in your pursuits. Well, that's a strong word. That's a hard word for me. That was a, one of the hard words that, uh, that I think the Lord put to me in this part of James, right? Because once you become rich, if you're a self-made person, you've worked hard your whole life to have a certain lifestyle, to have a certain amount of money, to, to bring a certain kind of income, The Lord's saying, listen, you you need to be careful that you don't perish in that. That means that you don't die just thumping the ground, pushing hard to get and spend, to make the money that you're used to. The blessing of of the poor person in this can be said to be the opposite, right? The the poor person uh, has a hard time getting by. The poor person is still busy in surviving life and making it through. But I'll tell you the truth. I've seen some poor people and their faith has been tested. And it's much stronger than mine. And that, that kind of brings me to the next to the next point, to the next place here is um I want to read out of Luke chapter eighteen. You see at the end of this conversation in Matthew that Jesus is talking about that um James is reflecting in his book, Jesus says it's almost impossible for a rich man to get into the kingdom. Right? But then he says, but nothing's impossible with God. So, in practicality, what do we need to do? What do we need to do on our end to work our faith as people that, by 
the rest of the world's standards are pretty wealthy. Let's look at it here in, in Luke. <clears throat> this is Luke chapter 18, verse 9. It says, Jesus spoke this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves, that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself shall be abased, and he who humbles himself shall be exalted. Now, I know this says this is about people that are self-righteous, but this is a picture of two rich men that have a lot by the standards of their day. So what can we learn about these two rich men? Riches can make it hard to relate to other people. God's kindness leads to repentance. That means the understanding that if you're in the kingdom of God and you're in the kingdom of God with other people, you're their family. <coughs> Excuse me. They're your family. But the wealthy person can forget what it's like to struggle. The wealthy person that, that gets filled with pride and righteousness over their riches be, can become a person that forgets what it's like to struggle, forgets what it's like to fall on hard times, to be tempted to, to steal to get your next meal, to be tempted to uh, take more because you don't know when the next time you're going to eat is. That can be your temptation. But the Lord can save even the rich person who humbles themselves. Right? That means in this story, Lord, I'm a sinner like everybody else. Look, I, I try my best, but I'm not doing so well. So the humble heart finds kinship, but the proud heart of the person that's become rich starts to forget what it's like. Maybe never even knew what it's like to be in a bad position, to be tempted all around, right? The tax collector in the Roman times was known as a person that was very sinful, sometimes extorting people, taking money that... that really wasn't actually doing the tax bill and other things, but this guy was there and he said, Lord, I've done it all. I've broken all, all the commandments. I'm a rich man, but I'm broke. 
I don't I don't pay people right. I don't do this right. I don't do that right, Lord. I'm not going to stand up in the front here and make a big deal about how good I am and how much better I am than everybody else. I'm just going to stand back here in the corner and say, Lord, I don't have it, but you can give it to me. Right? That's the difference between that Pharisee who said, oh, I give everything. I, I tithe it out of this and I tithe out of that and I give money here and I give money there and I do this and I do that. I'm so much better. Look at me. Thank you, God, that I'm better than everybody else. That I'm better off and all that. That's what James is, is coming against right here in this in this beginning chapter. Is that idea of anybody, whether it's a religiously rich person or a materially rich person. James is saying, look, if you think you got it like that, that you don't have to repent, that you don't need to come before the Lord and say, look, I'm not, I'm not the best, Lord, but you can make me better, then, well, you don't have it. And you're going to perish in the pursuits of trying to just keep up with all of it by yourself. Thanking God the whole time that you're better than everybody else. And then, again, we're going to see this theme touched on a little later in James, this idea that you should be careful not to get tempted to be glorified in front of other people. That means that you're not tempted as a rich person to give and your giving makes you famous within the congregation. That you don't have to worry about putting your name on the pew. I've seen that a lot of times. Oh, we can't get rid of that pew. Mr. So-and-so gave it and he's still got a plaque on that sitting on the end in brass. Well, that's an idol of the rich. I hate to tell you. We should remember, we should remember our family and our friends, but we should be really careful that our riches don't become a source of our fame in the kingdom because they're not a source of fame in the kingdom of God. Our humble hearts are a source of riches in the kingdom of God. So let me pray for us today for a humble heart. Lord, I, I just thank You for today and every day, Lord. I thank You for all that You've blessed us with, Lord. That You've blessed us as as Americans to be one of the richest nations in this world, Lord. But God, I ask You right now, Lord, that, that we don't forget. We don't forget what it's like to struggle in places like Cuba and Brazil and Peru, Lord God, that that we don't just go there and see those people as others, Lord God. We go on mission, Lord, to find kindness in our hearts, to find Your source of family in our hearts, Lord. We don't want to be exalted. We want to exalt You, Lord. So help us to humble our hearts today. I thank You for all these things in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. Estrela alfa brilha em mim Brilha a luz que é no do meu viver Senhor, eu vejo o um mundo triste Atribulado pela ação de Satanás 